Hello everyone, and welcome back to Nick and John is This Evangelion. That's the name of a show. Th- this is us. This is that show. It's real. It's happening. We're here. There's been a gap. It's been a while. <laughs> I feel um, I feel like a, uh, apologies are almost pointless. Yeah. No one cares point. anyway. Yeah, no, no one's listening anyway. <laughs> no. uh, uh, it's been a very busy latter half of the year. I mean, you got married. I got married. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And uh, and you're getting married. Yeah, like working towards uh, a wedding. Under a month away now. Uh, how, yeah, does that, how, how does that feel? Yeah, it, feels, uh, it feels great, Nick. Uh, I think it's actually closer to uh, three weeks. Shit. Which is great. <laughs> Question mark. Uh, so, in, in, in like, in the face of kind of like impending adulthood. Yeah. Um, Let's watch some big eye cartoons. Yeah, it was so great. Like, <laughs> I, I've missed the wacky antics of Shinji and Co. Yeah. Um, the family-friendly escapades of our famous trio. Yeah, I and mean, chums. Like, in all seriousness, like um, we are going to get back onto this. Um, I imagine maybe we'll squeezing another episode before the wedding and me kind of disappearing on a honeymoon. Uh, maybe we could squeeze one into this nether week that we're in between Christmas and yeah, New Year. We are in that know. kind of like nowhere zone. Mm. A, a, D- a Dirac C, if you will. If you will uh, that's of, a nerdy joke for the audience. Uh, yeah, uh, if you've never watched any Evangelion before, you won't get that joke. But if you've never watched any Evangelion you before... You won't get this podcast. Why the hell are you listening to this podcast? You must have much better things to do. I mean, credit time. to you, though, if you are. Oh, yeah, all power to you. Like, either you're just a massive fan of John and I, which, you know, that would be... It's, entire, it's more than understandable, yeah. actually. Or you're just desperate to, to be assaulted with mystery. It's just nice to be involved. It is. Just, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, should we um, do what we normally do? It says normally, you know, in that in that I can't format, remember what it is, John. Like every, every couple of weeks. <laughs> but shall we uh, dive back into the wonderful world of Neon Genesis Evangelion? I think we should. Yeah. So, uh, what happened in this latest episode? Well, this is episode 12. Indeed. <clears throat> so, uh, this episode is called... This is the... <laughs> you know how every episode has two titles? So, so this is the first title. She said, don't make others suffer for your personal hatred. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then the other title is The Value of Miracles. But I swear in the episode we just watched, yeah. which is this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it did The Value of Miracles one first. Uh, I'm not sure it even said the other one. Did it? I mean, I think Witsuko says it Maybe as a quote, but you, I don't think it comes lot... up on the screen. Yeah. This is what's so weird, though, about the two title thing. I think we have talked about this before, which is that there's... There's the Japanese title, translated, right. and then there's our title. So our title, the English title, is She Said Don't Make Others Suffer for Your Personal Hatred. The but Japanese that... title is Kiseki no Kachiwa, which is translated to The Value of Miracles. But that was... But in the original... In its original release, mm. it had both an English and a Japanese title. I don't know. Oh. Um, I, I think that we had an additional title slide put into ours right. for our English title. That's my understanding. That seems like more work than I would have credited them mm. with. Well, I suppose it's as much work as a subtitle. I suppose. Mm. It means someone cared. Anyway, yeah. Someone so somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> but we open uh, with... Uh, it's raining. It is... Is it? Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, so okay. We've, we've literally just watched the episode. Was, <laughs> I was going to put it out there. It was, it was a bit of an odd... Episode. Nothing like, nothing like fundamentally wrong with it. It moved at a hell of a pace. It did. Yeah, 
And nothing really lingered. I can only feel it moving out of my brain. Mm, like it yeah. barely stuck around long enough to make its presence felt. Does it open with the flashback? Yes. Yes, you okay. Nailed it. Okay. So it says 15 years ago, AD... Year. Year 2000. The distant future. Yeah, which of course means that therefore it's actually set in 2015. I think we did know that. We did know that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Because it's like it's very it's, it's very biblical, isn't it? It's it like is. Something bad happened on the dot. Year two thousand. Year two thousand, and all the children are under the age of fourteen. Yeah, they they've grown up in yes in this kind of post post second world. impact world. So everything is sort of cast in a yellow light. Yes, and we can see a hand of what looks like a man in very ragged clothing uh, and ble- bleeding. Yes, sort of reaching out in pain. A lot of blood. A lot of blood everywhere. And we seem to be in some sort of abandoned slash destroyed Arctic base. Yeah, and he's kind of like, it never goes out and says, hey, we're in the Antarctic. But no, no, he's no. wearing kind of like wintry clothes, yeah. albeit torn. And he's basically uh, carrying a young... Woman, girl. Girl. Yeah, girl. Yeah. It is a girl. Uh, uh, with long, dark hair. Yeah. And he puts her into a pod. Yes. At which point we see a necklace she's got round her neck. Uh, which, of course, is a very familiar chunky square cross that, crucifix yeah that Katsuragi wears yes uh, so we're like ah oh, young Katsuragi and while this bleeding man is putting her into this weird kind of cylindrical it looks like an entry pod. plug it looks a hell of a lot like an entry plug uh, this weird pod we get very very blinking you'll miss it flashes of a figure made of light yes like a, a giant frankly either like esque yeah either esque being mm. made of light slams her into this kind of pod Tube. and then there is an almighty explosion yeah she says father before he does so he seals the lid massive explosion which sweeps through the base and presumably kills him but he's yes. on he's on his deathbed anyway and then we see these two we, it's like a view from space yeah, and we see these uh, this sort of this typhoon of storm, which is obviously fallout from whatever this explosion was, and these two four massive yellow glowing wings, very insect, yeah, dragonfly like almost, yes. sort of unfurling out of the sort of eye of the storm, kind of like a big M, mm. to the point where they are visible from space. Yeah, like, they're huge. Like, like they just kind of blossom up and outwards from the surface of the planet. Yeah, and you're just like, what the hell? Yeah, and there's this great big. Visible from space, like like the eye of Jupiter. Like yeah, a great huge storm. Red swirl around the planet. And then her plug is sort of in the middle of the ocean, it seems. Yes. The door's open. She stands up and looks back at where I guess she was, where the explosion took place. She sees like two kind of pillars of light. Yeah, then. which could be legs, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if they are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just looks a bit upset. Uh, so the implication, as it is, is that we are witnessing the events of second impact yes what very clearly made the planet what it is today most mm. apocalyptic destroyed but then of course to confirm that we jump to the present day and a partially naked uh Katsuragi, Katsuragi yeah uh Misato Misato yes. Misato yeah sorry it has been a while um <clears throat> putting on her underwear yes and we see her body which I don't think we've seen before and she has big scars which is interesting because you point because almost before it happened, you'd commented on the fact that the young girl in the past is bleeding. Was bleeding, yeah. yeah. And you said because I mean, obviously, it is, it is Misato. It is the same person. So she was present at Second Impact. Yeah. And almost at that exact moment, you said 
Well, doesn't she have scars in present day? <laughs> and then it cut, and there's her with her scars all over yeah, her body. Yeah, scar down her chest. But we were trying to work it out because she's in a series which has always had a bit of an odd relationship with kind of like nudity and sexuality. Uh, we we're honestly trying to remember: had we ever seen her? Yeah, undressed before. Mm, yeah, we've seen her in the bath. Yeah, but I don't think we'd seen her scars before. I think the reason I knew this, well, we knew the scars were there and were coming up was because we've seen this through yeah. before, not because we'd actually seen... Although I'm not sure. You see, now I'm doubting it because I say this not because... Honestly, not because I'm obsessed with the naked form of Misato, <laughs> but because I'm genuinely wondering, did they add the scars oh, as I a see. plot point now? Like a retcon almost. Kind of, yeah, as in like it, it just wasn't important before. It was maybe like a plot point they'd never really drawn attention to. If I just quickly Google Misato scars, I might regret Googling this. Here we go. But um, if I see a screenshot from what looks like an earlier episode, then I might be able to confirm that. But it looks like the only picture we're getting is the one we see in this episode. Yeah. So whenever we've seen her before, she has been wearing... Less, but she's always been wearing like a sort of um, tank top sort of thing. Yeah. Well, you see, my thinking is like having a character who has a, a massive scar on their body mm. from the past kind of makes sense that, um, uh, you know, there's, you know, it's a traumatic incident in her past. And mm. kind of like if she had scar, you know, it, w- it would just inform her character. Yeah. And yet it isn't until this episode, as we will discuss that there is such a, an emphasis on her past, on yeah. her tortured past. It, it is funny, isn't it, really? Because, like, this is a central character, and yet we've got it's taken us to episode 12 before we've really, like, had any reason to discuss her past before. Yeah. We've, we've, Evangelion demands that you take so much for granted off the bat. Like, you've got this very young uh, captain who seems to be in charge of all operations of nerve and doesn't seem to necessarily have any qualification. And we're just told to accept that, mm-hmm. you know. And and this episode, as we'll, we'll go into, um, talks about her promotion, mm. where she goes from captain to major. And it's like, what? why? <laughs> you know, we, we just have to accept so much, don't we? Yeah. It's funny that, they, that we don't get told this stuff earlier. But... And again, I, I'm not... It's not necessarily a criticism. No, you know, no, not necessarily. Uh, because, you know, the show, what... You know, even... It functions fine without... Yeah, yeah. And, and even like 12 episodes in, it's still relatively new. Mm-hmm. You know, it's finding its feet. You know, if one writer comes in and says, oh yeah, what if she had scars from some incident in her past? Everyone would go like, oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, we haven't seen her body before, like, so that's okay. Yeah, it's like stuff is still solidifying. It's that's not, okay. It's not the end of the world. No. Um, my uh, glamorous assistant has just handed me a note, however, pointing out that we have seen Misato naked. Uh, <laughs> I love this. We got like a little note coming to yeah, the uh, studio, uh, and uh, it's when they were in the hot springs. And we see her scars then, do we? Well, no. But oh, she is. I tell you what, I'm going to regret doing this as well. But I'm going to quickly Google again for our listeners at home. We don't normally spend this long in a, a period of time talking about the nudity of our heroes, unless it's uh, Shinji and uh, his little run-in with uh, Pen Pen, which was. That was uh, that delightful. was outstanding. But um, we're just trying to cement in our own heads whether or not this was a, a plot point which had been kind of, you know. She's wearing a full body towel in that scene. There we go. So damn um, you, prudish, the scar, prudish editors. The scar goes below from like below one of her boobs down to like her down to her waist, yeah. I guess, on one side at an angle. It's and a very so substantial. She, scar. If she wears a towel where you would expect a woman to wear a towel, then you're not going to see them. Okay, fine. So, Well, okay, I guess we can just give them this. I, I, I don't feel... I don't think it's too much of a dick statement to say 
that they probably didn't draw the scar beforehand. Yeah. I, or, or didn't know that they were there. Yeah, it just wasn't even a consideration before. But that. as you say, it's not an issue. No, um, no, they were doing... It's an interesting uh, aspect to our character, though. And I get the feeling we do see them again. From now, on, now that yeah, they know that now, they're kind of thing, him, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we see her, we see her getting dressed, and we see this scar on her body. And then it cuts. Uh, no, we stay in the apartment, and we discover that Toji and Kensuke have turned up uh, because, because it's, it's raining out. It's raining. Yeah, and it's Shinji's let them into shelter from the rain. Yeah, but well, uh, and Shinji's like, uh, you know, yeah, you can come in, and they're like, oh, thanks for letting us in out the rain. They're toweling off, and uh, he, he said, basically says, like, you know, please. I hate the phrase toweling off, by toweling the way. Out. Yeah, it's to not... me, it sort of sounds, <laughs> it sounds like there's a sexual connotation there. Or just a couple of boys just toweling off, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, good, free, very good friends, you know. Wearing very little. Go through toweling a, off. a uh, difficult period in your life, you know, a lot of pressure, discovering yourself, just toweling off. Just toweling off, guys. Furiously toweling off. Hey, guys, guys, do you want to towel? off tonight. Do you want to towel off in a friend's apartment? <laughs> do, you wanna, do you want to come around and towel off? But keep it down because his legal guardian is sleeping in the next room. Yeah, he's just been promoted. But it's fine. It's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> come cool. around and towel off. But yeah, so Shinji is like, uh, please keep it down. Uh, Misato might be sleeping. Yeah. And then, of course, the two boys who are massive fans of her and know everything about her. Yeah, more than Shinji knows. Yeah, which is amazing because she does work for, admittedly, the only... The, meaningful power in Japan. The only and most secret organisation there is. <laughs> also, the worst run and protected <laughs> secret organisation in the world. Yes. Uh, because they just seem to know everything about her. Yeah. And uh, they're like, uh, and Kensuke's like, uh, yeah, you know, she, she works really hard. You know, she... Uh, yeah, no wonder she's tired. A lot of pressure on her. And, uh, so how the hell do you know? Yeah. You shouldn't even know that she works for Nerve. He shouldn't even know that. No, yeah. She just got a bullet in the head. Anyway, she surprises everyone by opening her slidey door to reveal that she's actually fully dressed she's and fine. in uniform, ready to go. Not drunk for once. The joke is, I guess, that you expect her to be her lazy usual self, and this time she isn't. Sidebar, Your Honour. Hello. I would like to put it forward at this point. We, we discussed just a few minutes ago that it's okay that the show is still finding its feet. Or yeah. kind of like... Establishing its world. Yeah. A, a, yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's okay. It's good like to say... It's a very schizophrenic show. Oh, yeah. Like, it is... It's probably a very good word for it. ...all over the shop. Yeah. In terms of characterisation and tone. Oh, God, In tone, yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Like... That could be a problem that's more endemic to anime... Yeah. ...than specifically Evangelion, but it's still a problem. To the point where I can't tell, genuinely can't tell, if it's incredibly clever that all these characters are now becoming more serious. Yeah. Like... Did they draw yeah. you into the series and it's like, oh, it's wacky, monster of the week. And, you know, oh, you looked at my skirt. I'm going to kick you in the face kind of thing. Or is it like, is it genuinely like these are all... Is it maturing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I honestly can't tell. Because I think it'll all get proved wrong in a couple of episodes. <laughs> I think we're going to get that wacky episode again when someone looks at Oscar's skirt and it's all going to fall apart. I think, yeah. But if it doesn't, then yes. Then great. I can't tell if it's by design or not. I can't tell whether they were just doing whatever felt right every episode. We've talked at length in previous episodes about things that have occurred in the show and whether they are by design or not. Yeah. And I think what we're what we're slowly rolling towards is a realization that it gets credited with more than it necessarily like uh, actively gives. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like he gets called a genius, and for doing a story about 
depression but i think in a previous episode we talked about how it's it's less that he has done this incredible description and allegory of depression and more that a depressed guy made a show and it ended up being a mess that kind of speaks of depression do you know what i mean like it's accidental yeah i feel like again there's so many themes there's so many stuff there's so much stuff that it did right and so much stuff which was very interesting and, and maybe so much stuff which was good because it had never been done before. before yeah but i'm still not sure that it maybe works as cohesively as a i think it deserves 50 percent of the credit yeah of 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 the, of the total credit that we afford it as a work of genius yes you kind of come out of it going like well that's amazing that's great and it's like your memories are like oh wasn't that a bit cool and wasn't it awesome how it did that but like in the moment like watching it again it's like what? And generally, like, where are we going like, yeah what what is this journey because this episode is very monster of the week oh very yeah there's a lot of heavy themes in it they're heavy themes but they're handled so lightly and they're handled yeah. so like sort of nicely in a way like upbeat and optimistically and we'll get into it later on but even some of the music choices yeah. it's like uh, and also we'll get into like the stakes as well, like the, the sense of of how important it is that, that they're doing, but also the, the the feelings that come across from that are mm. not what you'd expect. Because we always bring up um, Jet Alone as a really good episode. Yeah, yeah. Tone and delivery and seriousness. Yeah, and, and it felt kind of real and in the moment. And, yeah. and there was some character stuff in that. There was oh, like yeah. some serious moments. Some great like, character stuff. And and yeah, again, this one it just felt a bit not quite as consequential. Yeah. But not as not as far left field as a Gary episode. Oh, not a Gary. This episode. didn't feel like a no. Gary. No. It just it just an honesty. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, I'm probably um, I'm taking this way ahead of ourselves. No, um, it's fine. So yeah, so Misato comes out and she's fully dressed in uniform, and Kensuke notices that her uh, rank badge on her collar has changed. It's gained a couple of stripes. Yeah. <coughs> so he says, "Congratulations on your promotion," and Shinji's like, "Bull." Bull. I don't know. What, what does that mean? That's I... a job. <laughs> What's a military? I, I don't know. What is nerve? Yeah, and uh, he's basically like, yeah, she's she's gone from being a captain to being a major. How cool is that? And um, I think even later on, someone says, or Shinji says, oh, this must mean that people are noticing your good work. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I guess. And it's not like she did any one thing that we as a viewer could latch on to. No. Oh, it's not because of that mission. No, it's sort of a general, you've been doing your job well. Yeah. And it seems to set up a theme for this episode, which is about recognition of achievement. Yeah. Yes, very good point. Mm. But it is interesting, of course, that it's not like... Because they, they also say that, uh, you know, um, Genji... Yep, Gendo. Uh, Gendo, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Genji, Genji, the mobile you know, watch. <laughs> you know, the, the latter evolutionary form of a Shinji. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gendo and... I'm forgetting his name already. Who's his... Fuyutsuki. Fuyutsuki. God, you're good at this. Um, <laughs> it's not my first radio. They have both left the country. Yeah, and they've naffed off to the Arctic. I don't know when we see that. But Let's just of, talk about it now. But because of that, <laughs> um, you know, Misato is the highest ranking person. Yes, in, in fact, that's mentioned between this scene and the scene I was about yeah. to talk about. Because when Misato, she, she then leaves the apartment and as she's leaving, says to Shinji, hey, hey, don't forget, uh, we've got a harmonics test this, yes, this evening. Yes, true, yeah. Um, and then I think... Oh no, then I think it cuts to the harmonics test. Yeah, because again, I know I'm again getting ahead of myself, but the only reason I bring it up is she's been promoted yes. from captain to major. Mm. But actually, the real world implications of that are, are non existent because they make a point later where they say, oh, like, you know, the, the director, 
and the vice director are both away. out of the country. So it's all on you. And that would be the case, surely, even if she was the, captain. The, that, that, and I swear that has been the case in previous episodes. Well, it must be because... There's no one else. Because who have they fired? Like, because if they promoted the previous major... Yeah. Like, up up, up, up a tier... Then Fuyutsuki and Gendo being away would mean that major was now that one who was previously a major yes, was now in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't anyone else. So even if she hadn't been promoted to major uh, and Fuyutsuki and Gendo left, she would still be in charge just yeah. as a captain. I think we've talked about this before. How it's it's the the power structure of nerve <laughs> seems to op- they seem to operate like cowboys. They just do whatever takes their fancy whenever they feel like it. Plus, it doesn't make any sense because she's got a military rank. But the director and vice director, they've got business ranks. Yeah. That's not... They're not like like lieutenant or like, flight lieutenant or anything like that. Because they're fundamentally like... They're like a... Almost like the Manhattan Projects. Yeah. They're like It's like a science division, which was with maybe like a military connection, like originally. It's like they've got a military arm. Yeah. But the ranks are mixed. Yeah. They've mixed the ranks. And, unless it, and honestly, all I can think of is it's like they're a startup. Business, <laughs> yeah. which has had a really good Q1. Yeah. And they're like. Their Kickstarter was really so successful. It, it's basically like it's someone who everyone has invented um, positions for themselves when they started. Oh, I'll be um, I'll be CEO. And you're like, okay, I'll be regional manager. Oh, but I want to be flight lieutenant. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. You can yeah, be one of those. Man. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, Pontiff, that's great. And then. They <laughs> oh, do, I want to be Pope. Uh, they do really well. Pope of love. Their, <laughs> they do really well after their first quarter. And yeah, like, everyone gets promotions. Hey, what does that mean? <laughs> it just means add an extra zero to your to your salary and just change your name. And now you get to use the red escalator. Because that's what it comes across. It's like she's doing the exact same job she was before. That's so true. The stakes and the pressure are still the same. And I don't think she's being paid anymore because we find out how poor she is at the end of the episode. So, yeah, oh, it's confusing. But anyway, sorry. Uh, harmonics test. Harmonics test and. Yeah, basically, um, the, the three kids we, we know and love yeah. are, are just plugged into tubes. Cuts to the lab, and they're just they're just in tubes. They're not in Avers. They're in tubes, side by side, in the same room, half submerged in water. The tubes are sort of at an angle. Yeah. Uh, or, not Probably not water. Or, goo. or LCL or something. Yeah, they've got a lot of like, liquid. And it's that there. usual view that you have in a lab in Nerve, where all the science staff are behind a window looking into this large cubic room where the test is happening. Yeah. Ritsuko's there in a lab coat. and uh, And they're talking about... How um, they're all at maximum harmonization or harmonic depth. Yes. Harmonic depth, that's what it is. And they say Shinji can afford to go deeper than the others. Yes. U- unit one can, the pilot of Unit one can go deeper. But it's interesting because it's like harmonization is like a mental process, but they are metaphorically, you know, they keep talking about like the depth. And they are actually also submerged in a liquid. Yeah. And when they go, Shinji can go a little deeper. He does lower. Yeah, physically. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like sticking them into the liquid? I mean, I think, I think they're using, this is another frustrating thing about nerve is that they use interchangeable terms for the same thing. Yeah. And I think what they're talking about when they're saying harmonization is sync ratio, which is something they've talked about before, which is how synchronized with the unit they are. Yes. So, but what, what doesn't make sense is that you can go beyond 100% synchronized with, with the Ava. You certainly can. Yeah, yes, yeah. you can. And that's when you're putting the extra effort in. So they basically, nothing happens, nothing explodes. No one goes into like PTSD, which is lovely. Yeah. They come on out. <laughs> it's a change. And for once. And they go like, oh, uh, Shinji's great. Yeah. You added eight points to your, to your harmonics depth. So they make a point of saying like his harmonization is still lower than Asuka's. 
Yeah, he's not. Yeah, she's fifty points uh, uh, better than him. But his rate of improvement is far like to the extent that they're indicating he's probably going to catch up in a few days. Yeah, and and Oscar is like although proud that she is like better than Shinji, she's got this like edge to her Still where she's clearly like clearly a little challenge. Oh, he's catching up, and of course that's her whole shtick is that yeah. a massive insecurity, and the only thing she's got is results. But I don't think she's got any further. I think this episode is teaching her she's got nowhere to improve. She's got nowhere to go, and Shinji seems to be in a limitless box of potential. Well, I think you hit on it earlier, and maybe someone got passed me by, but the theme may have been recognition, recognition. of achievement mm. because uh, you know everyone's. Uh, Oh, I've forgotten her name again. Uh, science lady. Ritsuko. Ritsuko is going, oh, Shinji, you're great. You know, and you clearly see that, like, he enjoys approval. Like, yeah, he's yeah. He's kind of starved of it in a way. And it, it means something to him when anybody says anything nice yeah. about him. But it annoys Oscar. Definitely annoys Oscar. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and maybe, I can't remember exactly when it falls, but maybe now is a good time to talk about the cutaway scene. To Fiyotsuki and Gendo. Yes, where we see where they are. I, th- I think it is now. And if not, as you say, now's a good enough time. We see them on a red ocean in a giant aircraft carrier. Yes. And what's it transporting, John? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm glad you were paying attention because I, I swear if you had uh, coughed or <laughs> you would have missed just this. blinked, uh, they're, they're, they're transporting a colossal spear. It, I mean, it could be a stick. It's wrapped up. It could be a tree. Let's be honest. It could be, it could be, very, <laughs> it could be like a redwood tree. A very big tree. It's the length of an aircraft carrier. It's pretty big. But it's very thin. And it's all wrapped up in some sort of long, massive... It must be a huge tarpaulin. Mm. But we know that it's some sort of lance. Mm-hmm. We know. But that's not referenced at all. No, and honestly, it moves so quickly. Yeah. As um, we are learning that a lot of key plot points in Evangelion... They do this. They just throw them to the side. Mm. And it's like Gendo and and um, Fuyutsuki are away in the Arctic. We know they're in the... Uh, is it Arctic or Antarctic? I don't know. Antarctic. Which one. Antarctic. Yeah. Um, and their conversation is nothing to do with what they're transporting. And we don't know whether they're taking that thing to a place or they've picked that thing up. We don't know. No. We don't know. No. What do they talk about? Uh, basically, uh, and I've got to say, like, I really, really dug uh, the visuals. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, bright red ocean that's really cool yeah, yeah. which is amazing because uh, correct me if i'm wrong but in the main series not the movies we do see the ocean yeah and it is blue yeah so the regular so. ocean is, is is blue in the main series yeah yeah but i think this this area is red yeah this area is definitely red yeah Just something they retconned in the movies at least where it wasn't like, all red yeah it's like the entire ocean had just become blood red yeah so already that's striking and definitely they're kind of in this very familiar looking, very military esque. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, aircraft carrier. Aircraft carrier. Yeah, it doesn't look like advanced in any way, really, just like a normal aircraft carrier. But there's, there's occasional like icebergs sticking up out of the red yeah. water. Yeah. Uh, so they basically say, "We're this is hell." Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, we are moving through an environment which humans just cannot survive in. Like life just cannot survive in. Yeah. And again, there's just something like well. This is the price we paid for getting rid of original sin. Yeah, he basically says like, "Hey, this sucks, but the world has been purified." And Fiutsuki says, "I'd rather live in a world where it's uh, where people are able to live." Yeah, and they say like, despite you know, the sin, he says something like, "You know, oh, it's a miracle that we can even survive here." And Gendo's like, "Well, oh, yes, yeah. it's, it's we are protected by science. Science is man's like what the is power of the man. power it's of man, power of man." It. And uh, Fiutsuki's like. It's that arrogance that kind of led 
to the events of 15 years ago. Yeah, but Kendo doesn't seem to care. He's almost, like, proud of what happened Mm. 15 years ago. I've got to say, like, that was quite an effective scene. Mm. I found, like, the themes and the imagery kind of struck a chord with me. Mm. And, yeah, it, it did, you know, for a moment, I was like, oh, I get it. It's like, yeah, like, there is something kind of powerful about they're moving through hell. Yeah. yeah this truly inhuman, like abiotic environment. Yeah. And and they're doing it encased in these kind of metal bubbles of, of machines of that we build. Yeah. Yeah. It it is a bit like magic. It is a bit like it, wizardry. You're absolutely way. right. It's sort of it's sort of enhanced science to yeah. a level of magic. Mm. And and it and it and it sort of it made humans appear kind of like yeah, you know what? We can kind of do... When we put our minds to something, we can get stuff yeah. done, you know. And that's I, pretty exciting. I, I think it kind of makes it real. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I I, kind of, like, of all the sci-fi concepts kind of banding around, like, I really like the fact that, as implausible as it may be, life in Tokyo is kind of going on as normal. Mm. But then if you sailed far enough, it's not going to another dimension. It's not flying through space. The it's world simply just looked insane. direction. Just over the horizon is hell. Yeah, it's just over there. And I really like that. Yeah, like, that is it's, cool. It's pretty yeah. like, it's a, it's a worrying thought. It is. But it's kind of cool. But it works for this. It works a lot. So, um, I think that scene ends with Fiyotsuki saying, um, an angel's coming. Uh, yeah, or, you know, whatevs. <coughs> mm-hmm. And uh, because, again, lots of cool imagery, but... You know, you blink and you miss it. There's a spear. Like, maybe that's the whole... Cr- I mean, that's kind of plot important, as we know, yeah. having watched later on. But <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, it's kind of relevant. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, to there is a party before the angel attacks. They have a party. Yeah, but Fiyutsuki definitely says at the end of that scene that there's an... It. So, ah, so this scene must come after the party. It must come after that. Yeah. yeah. Either way, let's talk about the party then. Uh, kind uh, of meanwhile. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, which I only bring up because, again, not a massive amount happens, but they're kind of having like a little celebratory party. Which they're kind of doing to celebrate Misato's promotion, I think. Yes. Yes, but she's sort of not in it. Like, like everyone else has done it more than she has done it. Yeah. She, she's got a sash on, though. <laughs> which yeah. is a bit like a Hindu, kind of. And, like, uh, Shinji's not massively into it. He's he's quite introverted in, the, in this episode. Yeah, but that's obviously... The whole point, because yeah. what turns out to be the sort of point of this scene is that Masato and Shinji kind of have an aside moment where yeah. they both talk about joining Nerve and the recognition of achievement that they've both kind of had now. Um, and I think this is meant to be a bit of a bonding moment for them. Yeah, they definitely do. I mean, Masato definitely seems a lot more introspective in this episode. Mm. Bear in mind that we've seen her, and this is what I mean about tone, like we've seen her kind of being weird and naked and oddly suggestive to Shinji. We've seen her getting drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, she's quite serious in yeah. this episode, yeah. And, uh, and you know, she and he both agree that they don't really like it when when achievement is recognised, her for her promotion, and Shinji for his... Uh, he says, I don't like it when I get recognised because Asuka just gets angry at me. Yeah. Um, which is fair. Um, and then it turns out that they're all there. Oscar's there, Ray's there, class rep is there. Pen Pen's there. Pen, well, Pen Pen Peng's the life and soul of the party. Yeah, I mean, if Pen Pen's not on screen, <laughs> everyone should be asking, "Where's, where's Pen Pen?" Exactly. <laughs> um, and then Oscar reveals that Kaji is coming. Everyone loves Kaji. Everyone loves. No one loves Kaji, John. Like nobody loves it. <laughs> and uh, everyone's wearing casuals. Yes, which is kind of odd. And then Kaji arrives. Yeah. 
Um, but much to Oscar's disappointment, he is with Ritsuko. Yes. And they're both in casuals. Yeah. And uh, they look really weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they look fine. They look, they, it's just, I don't think we've ever seen Ritsuko in, we've either seen her in lab outfit or like super dressed up kind of um, like over glamorous outfit yeah. when she's in the bar that time with Masato. And I'm trying to remember because I know like in the last episode, there was a whole laundry scene. Where oh, I feel yes. like she would have been collecting a laundry in her own clothes, but I don't think she was quite as. But in this, she was in like a little crop top yeah, and a wearing skirt. Like, she wearing like hot pants. And she looked good. like ten years younger because Ritsuko yeah. looks quite old. I always think. Which is weird because aren't they all meant to be yeah. like university buddies? Or yeah. Something? Well, Kaji Ritsuko and Masato are all meant to be the same age, but I think Ritsuko looks way older. Maybe she was doing like a PhD, and they were doing like their maybe. So she could be a, like maximum five years older than them. And also, like Kaji has been really weirdly. Well, it's not weird if it's Kaji. I guess it's normal for Kaji. But he's, like, very flirtatious with both Ritsuko and Misato. Yeah, that's kind of his thing. And it's kind of hinted at that him and Misato may have certainly had an open relationship. As in, like... But Ritsuko was... had a secret one. Him yeah, that's what I'm wondering. As in, like, it was public that they were a couple. Yes, yes. But, like, he turns up with Ritsuko. I don't know if we're meant to read anything into that. Well, Oscar certainly does. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I think... But, but Misato doesn't even flinch. She's kind of annoyed that Kaji's invited, but she doesn't... Usually, when Kaji appears, Misato either gets embarrassed or annoyed. Yeah, and she doesn't in this scene at all. And, and they actually congratulate her on her promotion as well. Yeah. It's actually quite a genial, upbeat scene. Yeah, it's weird that no one is 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 essentially odd. No, no, yeah, no. Which is odd in itself <laughs> for this show. Yeah. When it's not weird, we're like, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's also kind of odd that like all these people from a weird secret organisation can just come down off the mountain yeah. and just have a casual. Oh, I'd like to get a taxi, please. Oh, where am I picking up you? Picking you up from? Oh, right, Geofront. Yeah. Uh, what? I choose to believe. <laughs> I choose to believe that it's all a front, and actually, before Misato even moved into that apartment, like nerve technicians came through destroyed the entire apartment and rebuilt it. Like, yeah. Like, every surface is a camera. Like, every surface... And, and all the other apartments just have mannequins in them. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Filled with microphones. That's the only thing that makes it logical for me. Or, like, every apartment is just full of armed guards at yeah. all times. Or, like, yeah, just it's just full of technology. Like, the moment there's any problem, like, a SWAT team would just burst in through the window. Yeah. But because even Misato alternative... thinks that there are other people who live there. Because the alternative, Nick, is that they are dangerously irresponsible <laughs> in all things. Um... Talking openly about her promotion in in, a, in an apartment complex which must have paper-thin walls. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows they're living next to, now, a major of a secret organisation. <laughs> like, I mean, like, everyone at that school. Like, but every... Nerve is an open secret because Kensuke and Toji know That's all about I mean. Nerve. And Unless it's like... it's like, you know, everyone associated with that school all the children are, like, are on constant surveillance like all their family members have like explosive collars on or something if, it's they, a... ever, if they ever spread the word it's one of two options either they are the worst organisation in the world or they are the most amazing organisation in the world that they appear like the worst third option no one cares <laughs> it's a TV show like, shut up Nick no, and no, as in like as in like no because I care a lot as in like nobody in the universe cares oh I see yeah yeah they <laughs> We have the least. And maybe Kingsky tried to tell everyone and no one gave a toss. So I don't care. I'm just, just trying to get my laundry. Yeah, just shut up. Just back off, Kingsky, right. okay, with your camcorder. I just want beef. Ugh. Just want some beef. Speaking of beef. Speaking of beef. <laughs> uh, so an angel has appeared. Uh, yeah, so after the party scene, um, I'm, and I think that's when we get the the uh, boat uh, in hell yeah, with yeah. Gendo and, and Fiotsky. And then, and then that scene ends with there's an angel coming. And then we cut to operations at Nerve. 
And sure enough, there's an angel coming, and they've got satellite uh, imagery of it. Yeah. And it looks like. Well, describe it, John. You're the writer. Really, does it really look like anything? Do you, do you have its name uh, for a start? Yes, can I do. You, Let me bring that up. It? Hold on. Do it, boop. Do it, boop. Doesn't look like anything. Oh, it's um, Sahakwil. Sahakwil. That's right. So this one has appeared in orbit. Yes. It's a little different. So it's appeared in Earth orbit. It looks like. Ooh, well, it's... It looks more like a logo than a be- a creature. Yeah. It's kind of flat. Yeah. It's not utterly flat. It's not and too... It's yeah. symmetrical. It's like three cartoon eyes, if you can picture it. Like three orange eyes Yeah. in a line connected by like a tube of flesh. And I then guess. there's like three tendrils. It kind of looks like three fidget spinners stuck to each other. It's not a bad shout, actually. <laughs> and it's big. Like, it's really big. It's super big. And it's sort of two outer eyes, almost flap-like wings around the middle eye. Yeah. Kind of, but not really. It kind of glides on them. You can picture the whole thing being kind of, like, fleshy. I imagine it almost made of rubber. You know, like, if there was those toys, and you could, like, flick them at a wall? Yeah, and they were like a gooey hand. And they would, like, flop down the wall? Yeah. They were, they were like... <laughs> And they'd always get dusty and covered in, like, yeah. lint and fluff. It's a bit like that. A bit like that, yeah. Uh, but and, in space and massive. And it's in orbit, and they're able to get a couple of satellites very close to it to take pictures. And then it destroys the satellites with its AT field. And then it kind of, for lack of a better word, like, buds off like a little blob of itself. Yeah. And drops it from orbit. And it falls to Earth and does a huge sort of um, explosion with many ripples in the sea. Yes, in the Indian Ocean. In the Indian Ocean, yes. And then it says, uh, and there's, so so now Nerve are watching this on kind of like satellite footage. On, yeah. So you just see these kind of real sense of distance. You just see these kind of like uh, spa- photos from space of the Indian Ocean. And there's a massive like ring in the water. Mm. And it goes, and then two hours later, it drops, it drops another, another one. one, which is a bit to the to the east. Yeah. And so... And they, they it's realize, triangulating. Yeah, it's it's learning, like it's dropping things from orbit, and uh, to find out where it needs to, yeah. essentially land. So it's basically the explosions, the det- uh, the impact points are moving in a line mm. towards uh, Tokyo, and they realise that, that it's heading for them, obviously, and Tokyo Three. One thing, kind of say, like, one thing I like about that, about the Angels' mo, mm. is that I've read like. Oh, we both have. We've read a lot of like comics and kind of like sci-fi concepts. But it's the idea that like when you're dealing with like planetary physics, mm. if you truly want to destroy something from a distance, involve you know you're talking about space These and sorts gravity. Of distances, yeah. You don't need a bomb. No, it's something very like I always find yeah, very interesting. Like yeah. simple physics mean if you chuck a ball bearing the size of New York, yeah, like from one planet to another, it's going to do a hell of a lot of damage. Doesn't just it? just by being it. Yeah. And the speeds and gravity and everything. Yeah, it's such a, so true. There's a there's a Warren Ellis um, Avengers story where they find an underground city. Okay, he like, loves that sort of does, stuff, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And, and it looks a hell of a lot like New York, but it's uh, just underground. Okay. Like, you, you go down, like, an elevator shaft, down, like, a mile, and then it opens up, and someone has just built, like, a... An, in, uh, an incredible cityscape, completely empty. Wow. Underground. And um, there, someone else, <laughs> bear with me, <laughs> has built a time machine under the city. Right. Which can teleport the entire city through time. And they point out that regardless uh... of who built it, they don't know why, somebody has 
found it because they're going to turn it into a weapon. Yes. Because they're saying a time machine is also a space machine. Mm. So they're saying, what if you just teleported the entire city uh, into the upper atmosphere? It would fall and destroy something. Yeah. Yeah, um, on a on a completely like crappier version of that sort of note, me and my friend at school used to have this idea of a superhero who could say an animal's uh, name and he would just instantly transform into that animal. Right. So if he just went spider, he would just become a spider. Yeah. And then we came up with the idea of him saying whale. And <laughs> if he just said whale and you instantly became a whale, the damage you would do oh, yeah. around you, in your immediate area. So he's like, he has this ability where he would go whale human. Like that. And for a split second, you're just like, bam! And there would just be destruction all around him. And you wouldn't have really seen what happened. Oh, so because he said whale human. He turned immediately back. But of course, for a split second, there was enough mass there to destroy everything around him. That's so, so amazing. Yeah, so people would be like, like either if they were too close, they'd be dead. But if they were like a little bit away, they'd be like, what just happened? He just yeah. exploded everything around you him. You don't need superpowers. No. You just need to have a hundred tons of whale flesh. Like, to both appear and disappear, and then you've the damage you've done. Yeah. Yeah. And like and the force of like like you expanding and then retracting. Well it's like that impossible instantaneous appearance of matter is just d- d- so devastating, wouldn't it? It would just yeah. be terrifying wow. to physics. So yeah, he was pretty powerful was uh, was whale human. <laughs> I don't think he was called whale human. That's the name of the angel. Yeah. <laughs> Orbital Whale Human. <laughs> it's also my, my heavy metal band. Yeah, yeah, Orbital Whale Human. It's good. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I'd buy an album. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... Um, so here it comes. It's dropping bombs, orbital bombs, yeah. towards Tokyo. So, um, uh, Misato uh, has a plan, almost Just, immediately. Uh, which goes against... Which is a bit weird, because all the Magi, supercomputers, come back and go, the only option is to evacuate. Which she does do. Everyone evacuates. Yeah. They evacuate all of the city. Yeah. And then suddenly, uh, everyone's like, your plan is reckless. Yeah. We At this point, we don't know what the plan is. Yeah. But everyone is talking to, about Misato's new plan. Yeah. The first plan she's had to enact without anyone else around. Because they can't get hold of Gendo and... Um, uh, what's his face? Fiosky. Uh, can't get hold of them now. For some reason. So it's all on her. And again, as they've stated, she's now the highest ranking person in Japan. Here. Yeah, yeah, in Japan, yeah. And it and this is a bit that doesn't make any sense because they haven't told us what her, her plan is, but everyone's going like, Oh, you know, you've let the power go to your head. Yeah. This is You're really gonna reckless. put the, the three Ava pilots' lives in so much danger. But it's like yeah. At the same time, like Nerve does that every week. That is their MO. That, like that, yeah. That is how Nerve rolls. And that's one of the cool things about Nerve. It's like Every week, they're dealing with an angel, and every week it's impossible, and every week they have to brutalise the laws of physics to make it work, and yeah. they always win, and they're always flying by the seat of their pants, and, and, and why is now any different? No, and and um, Ritsuko sort of admonishes uh, Misato in, in the girls' bathroom. And this is like, you're going to put these the, the three pilots' lives in so much danger, based on what? Like, you're, you let the power go to your head and all this kind of stuff. And we're like, well... I'm pretty sure, A, we've trusted her plans in the past. Yeah. And B, it always involves putting them in danger because they're on the front line. Oh, and also, it, you know, you've let the power go to your head and you've made it personal. Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, is in the title of this episode as well. Because, as we, from a prologue, we learned that her dad died at the point of second impact. But again, this is all coming out of a left field. Yeah. Like, th- this has never been a thing before. You could just as easily have accused her of making it personal 
in any previous yeah. encounter with the angel. She isn't doing anything. Like, if you wanted to make this point that she had some deep-harboured hatred for the angels and that she's letting that hatred take control of her, mm. then then it would be better if her plan involved something really reckless. Yeah. But it really doesn't. Yeah. Because as we find out very quickly after that scene, the plan involves um, them not being able to, because of the jamming signal that the angel's sending, then they're unable to pinpoint exactly where the angel's going to land. Mm-hmm. And they've got a very large radius of possible impact. So they deploy the three Avers in three distant sort of triangular points around yeah. the city. Mm-hmm. And they'll then sprint inwards and constantly adjust their course as the angel's coming in to adapt to its flight path. And they're going to catch it. That's the plan. They're going to catch it, which everyone is saying is mental. Like, you can't deploy Avers to catch yeah. something from outer space. Which, to be fair, it, catching something from outer space is insane, obviously. Mm. But the Avers have, you know, the, the power and the strength of something yeah. unlike anything else. But also, what's the alternative? Yeah. Like, we've learned on many occasions now, if the angels destroy... Nerve and it's all over. It's the end of the world. Yeah, and also the N two mines that they launched into space to hit it didn't work. Yeah, so it's like, oh, you're reckless, but but what's the alternative? Yeah, there is absolutely no alternative. So for 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 a moment where Misato is doing basically what she's always done in every episode when she's been operations director, um, she's now being admonished for it for making it personal, which is weird. Don't get it. Yeah, I mean it 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 works in the context of the episode. It works, yeah, in isolation. Because they've gone out of their way to say, oh, you know, she lost her dad and she has a scar and blah, blah, blah. But it's in terms of a series, it's kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's it's weird. So there's a, uh, a scene where after she's told by Ritsuko that it's that she's putting her personal feelings sort of ahead of everything and letting the power go to her head, there's a scene where she's briefing the three pilots. Yes. Um, and telling them that this is what they're going to have to do. And they too are like, this is crazy. This plan's mental. Oh my God. Which is weird again, because they have been put into probably worse situations than this. I say this, and again, I, I said it at the time, but I feel the encounter with Ramiel yes. was just as, if not more, desperate. Surely fighting hand to hand with a combat-ready angel is, is infinitely more terrifying. Yeah than hoping to catch an otherwise inert projectile from space. Yes, it might kill you, but the other one wants to kill you. This one might just fall on you. Yeah, I mean, that's basic physics. Yeah. Like they, they with the, and with their AT fields. Yeah, which we find out very important yeah. for this. But, but she also says, if you do it, I'll take you out for a steak dinner. Yeah, at which point they go, oh, well, oh, oh, cool. oh that's good. Oh, cool. Love steak. Can't, yeah. Can't imagine anything better. And then Misato leaves the room, and then there's this kind of comedic scene where... Where um, Oscar says, does she think that offering us a steak dinner is going to like sweeten the deal on this? And then she goes to Shinji, why did you cheer so loudly about I it? D- I didn't want her She's to like, feel bad about yeah. it. <laughs> so it's like behind her back, they're just like, she's an idiot. Like, we, we were joking about how um, oh, poor Ray doesn't get invited. But then Asuka's like, oh, Ray, you have to come with us. This, this time you're this definitely time. coming. She's like, no, I won't. I go, why? Don't like me. End of scene. Cut. End of scene. Cut and print. It's great. What a, uh, wacky, what a wacky trio. Zoiks. Uh, but anyway, I, I mean, essentially, we're into the mission. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, just before um, before they deploy, because oh. mm. they, they're getting into their avers, and it's all like, oh, they're all in various different places. We get this tiny flashback scene with him and Masato looking out over the city, and Masato finally tells Shinji why she joined Nerve. And she has this little speech about how um, she hated her dad. Yes. Basically. There were family issues. Yeah, he was a monster... Uh, what didn't treat her or her mother very well. 
they ended up divorcing. She was totally with her mother on that decision. But then it all came down to that moment at Second Impact where he seemingly sacrificed his life for hers and saved her. And so now she's left with this terrible conflict of whether she loves him or not. And what was her resolution? She basically says, like... All I know is that I hate the angels. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's like... she And she says something like, you know, I can't work out if I took this job to honour my dad or Aven- kind of, like, like er- erase him. Like, yeah. To not kind of... Yeah, to either avenge him or forget about him, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of. it, but she says, but all I know is that I hate the angels and that I want to destroy them. No. But she, like, I mean, nobody likes the angels, but more because they're kind of like, kind of like you hate a tidal wave or hate an earthquake. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like but that. no one personally seems to hate them except for Misato. But again, that's kind of weird because we've not seen that before. No. No, at all. It's never been personal. It's always just been a job. But then Shinji's like, uh, he has a little resolve. and He's like, I'm not going to run away. Yeah. I'm, I'm just. I'm... It sort of cuts back to that time when he, he said that to himself and he was like, I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to run away. And he sort of repeats that again. Um, and, well, then the, and then the mission launches. Yeah. And um, again, this is uh, a very cool scene very uh, cool scene it is a scene which is recreated in the second movie yes which we're probably coming up to actually actually yes probably at the point where we could uh i think we've got to get to ribbon arms we oh man yeah but that's quite a way uh yeah that's true actually yeah it's weird because this is where it all starts to deviate so we probably have to think about when we're going to put 2.22 yes, we'll in have to, we'll have to be... but you're right it might have to be soon now uh basically the the the, the crux of the scene as you said is that the evas have been deployed at three thought out points uh, across the city, as the falling angel draws close, they're going to run and kind of eyeball it. Yeah. And they're just going to try and Catch get it. into position, ext- uh, stand below it. And it's much, much bigger than them. Oh, it's huge. But they're going to extend their AT fields and kind of cushion it. Something basically. we don't really see. We kind of see um, a fourth field. Yes. Um, above Unit 1 when he arrives at the catch point, because he's first. Um, but before that we get this really great sprinting sequence uh, which doesn't last long and it's longer in the movie version of it which is infinitely cooler actually but it's still very cool it is a scene where you can definitely see what they were aiming for but they it's almost like budget restraints they undoubtedly improved upon it in the movie and we will talk about that when we get to it but but it's basically unit one is a a big focus on unit one sprinting at impossible speeds and doing probably untold damage to the city doesn't it and and again like we we both said at the time it's like just lovely running animation yeah really good run cycles sonic booms behind them well that happens in the movie but Ah, not in this one but but unit one does seem to get to a speed where all the lines like in the drawing elongate and Mm. stretch so he is going incredibly fast I would also say that, and I've heard this before, that the size of the Evas is quite inconsistent. Yeah, definitely. In the series. And I think this is is definitely an example of that because I remember like in some of the earlier fights which take place in the centre of a city, when they're firing like the giant pistols and rifles, rifles they have, yeah. you see some of the shell casings fall out. Yes. And they're like the size of a car. Yeah. But then we see a shot of like uh, one of the Evas uh, kind of crouch like a sprinter, like ready right. to run. Yes. And there's a car next to it, and I swear the car is like the size of, of its, its hand. hand. Yeah. So they definitely seem smaller. I think you're right the there. Scene. Yeah. Um, but again, we talked about how like maybe the stakes never uh, quite felt real. And this was a real moment for that yeah. because despite the fact that this is a risky mission. 
They don't know where it's going to land. And they're unplugged. And they're unplugged. So there's a there's a time aspect to it, which you think would really make a lot of tension. Yeah. Um, it's implied also that their deployment points are from Misato's intuition. Yeah. So there's a lot riding on this to go wrong. Um, and yet the music playing is this kind of like jazzy, optimistic, in a major key, upbeat kind of tune. Yeah, it's a bit weird, like, like 60s kind of like... There's a uh, real sense of, they're going to do it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fine. Yeah, and as, as you say, they, they've deployed, they've unplugged. As far as the so series logic, it's it's inbuilt tension. It should be... They've got only five minutes to save the world. But, and the scene is actually over a lot quicker yeah. than I remembered. Like, yeah. again, it, maybe it was animation budget and... Maybe... But they they leg it. They get Shinji arrives first. first extends his AT field. Throws a shield. Uh, it's apparently an effort, but it doesn't appear to be in too much like yeah, yeah. like strain. Ray and Asuka turn up. Um, they extend their field. Ray rips open the angel's AT field, as you said, like fabric. Yeah, and uh, Asuka sticks a knife in its uh, in its like little eyeball yeah. sphere thing, and it goes limp, and it just flops onto them. Onto a mountain and then explodes. <laughs> the yeah. one thing they were trying to prevent. Because <laughs> you were like, is that better? Because it explodes with such force that the entire mountain disappears and a, in its place a column of fire and light extends to possibly space. Like... It's, it's probably the biggest explosion, bigger than anything we've ever had in reality ever. Yeah, ever. And, and yet, that is better than apparently what would have happened if it had just impacted. Yeah, because then in the aftermath, there is an inverse mountain. Yeah. Like, there, well, yeah. yeah like, there, is a, there is a pit there. But they did it. But they did do it. They I can only assume game, that, you know, every time an angel dies, it explodes. Not in not so in the movies, but but in the in the show, it seems. Every time seems an pretty, angel yeah. died, they explode. And maybe that explosion is just a lot smaller than the inevitable impact that would have happened. Maybe so. I mean... I, yeah, I, I guess we can only we can only assume. What I do like about this this and you've kind of already said it before, but I do like how every angel seems to be a different approach to mm. killing, and this time it's just let's just drop a thing on them. Like that's what that's what it is this time. It's brutal and simple, simplistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's cool. It's like, and it also kind of works. Like I, I mean, what's interesting is that the angels never seem to be like an army. Mm. It's like. They're clearly on the same side. But yeah, but every, there's no commander. No. No. And every angel that arrives, as you said, takes a completely different approach and mm. seems to be operating only on its in, its own logic. Yes. Like it, solves, it hasn't learned anything from previous angels. It solves a problem its own way. Yeah. Because um, it's like, for example, I remember when we were first watching it and it dropped the little bit of itself and it splashed into the ocean. It was saying it's learning, it's triangulating where it's going to land. I was thinking to myself, well, why does it know where Nerve is? Why does it know where its target is? Because surely the others all knew where they were going. And I was like, but that's what's so cool about this show is that they, they're they so alien because, like we said, there's no, there's no like mastermind behind it. There's no Dark Lord who's commanding each one, kind of like Power Rangers each episode. They're not learning. They're just different each it's time like, it's like every angel is almost like its own species yeah its own individual and it's like it just got a memo yeah it's like hey guys um attack a place when you get a chance come on over to earth do yeah you think? because if, if if it was all if it was organized if it was like an army you would just make two, send them all at once just have two ramiels yeah yeah frankly ramiel came the closest to destroying all of them yeah and 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 it just had like a particle cannon yeah i mean dealing with two of those would be tough yeah 
and it's like this one is sits in orbit and drops bits of itself, which we said is is very efficient. But is it better than an impenetrable floating prism fortress that can fire the most powerful particle beam? Which was only weak for a split second. Yeah, when it fired. Yeah, that was it. If there been ten of those, they would be. It would be over. Humanity would be dead. Yeah. So we're pretty lucky, I suppose, we're in some ways. We're so unorganised, basically. Yeah. But as you say, it's, it's not like we're fighting an army or or a dark lord. We're fighting wildlife. These things mm. are these things are just doing their business. Mm. They are animals, but different species. I like the fact that the idea that each one is a different species. I love... It's good. I, and again, it never comes up in the series. It's only in the wider apocrypha. Yeah. But I always really dug the idea that we are so closely related to the angels. Yes. But humans ate from the tree of knowledge and, and angels ate. ate from the tree of life. Yeah. And I, I love that so much. Like, like It's like life unchecked. Yeah, it's like all their power comes from... They're like... Uh, all their power comes from within. Yeah. Uh, and they're big and they're immortal and but they're simple. Yeah. It's like... They're um, so... Si- like, like, you don't imagine there would be organs or anything inside. Yeah. It's like they are what they are through and through. Mm. It's like uh, it's like uh, it's like trees. Yeah, uh, it's like trees. Exactly. You, just, you say like uh, trees are just solid wood. Yeah, and a tree is, to many extents, functionally immortal. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, and you go, oh man, you know, I, I'm a I'm a human and I want to live forever. And why do I die? That seems so pathetic. And yet that tree will just live forever. Mm. And it's like, yeah, but that tree will never write a sonnet. No. Like that tree. It is... has one purpose. And that is to grow. It's horribly and, simple. And the angels all have one purpose. You know, if it's if it's Ramiel, then it's to fire a massive beam. Yeah. If it's a hack whale, it's to fall. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like humans is just like we're weak, we die, but we're many. We, yeah, and, and we and we are versatile. Yeah. As fuck. We're always changing. <laughs> it must be very frustrating from the eyes of like an an alien race or an angel. It's like we must seem like some horrible plague. Yeah. I think we are. Probably. Yeah. We're doing good. I think another thing I really like about the angels and seeing as we're just talking about them in general now is the fact that although it may, and correct me if I'm wrong, it may be mentioned in, in the wider apocrypha, but he never, they never always come from the same place, mm. but it's never really explained where they're coming from. Like some of them have just been deep in the earth. Some of them have been in the sea. Some have come from space. Some have just wandered onto the land. Like um, the first one, is it uh, Satchel? Uh, Satchel. He just yeah. seems to wander in. He doesn't land. He doesn't fall in an egg from space. He just wanders in. I, believe, I really like this. <laughs> I think because I don't believe it's ever explained, but I, I not feel, in the show. I feel certainly, like one of the prevailing theories is that the angels uh, were all born from second impact. Right. Yes. Uh, because they are all looking. Well, I mean, we'll get to that. But they're they're kind of drawn to a certain thing. Mm. So it is maybe suggesting that the events of second impact kind of spewed like eggs, if you will. Right, we across only, the earth. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people seem to think that the angels, mostly, vast majority of them, seem to come from the ocean. Right. Yeah, well, that does make sense. Because uh, certainly, like, Satchel just wanders in yeah, from the sea. Uh, and then, like, you know, Ramiel, the first we hear of it, is just, oh, it's approaching from... Yeah, it's, it's just coming from the horizon. Like. Now, we only ever see one um, egg one. Yes, which that's the, the magma one. Yeah, which yeah. is the uh, a sandal font, I think, or uh, like the underground. Nick's consulting his uh, I've got textbook. My, my big there. bumper book of Evangelion. Yeah, like the weird uh, the magma magma diver one. Magma diver. 
I can't find it. It doesn't seem to be on here. Okay, well, you know. But yes, I know which one you mean. It doesn't matter. It's like, we could assume, maybe, that all the other angels also have a kind of embryonic form. Mm. And maybe they wake up when summoned. But then, of course, we get this one, which is coming from space. But, I mean, it could be that the egg was was spouted at second impact and was just in orbit and unnoticed. Maybe so. Until now. Yeah. I think, uh, I guess... But I actually like not thinking about that. I like, like, they are so like cosmic and beyond understanding and conceptualization that they just are and they appear when I, they are needed i must admit like i, I personally was of that kind of opinion i always when i first before i got in deep into reading all the side stuff i that was how i always perceived them and i think because the side stuff is either take it or leave it because it's never said in the show you can take which bits of it you want to apply to your evangelion and my evangelion has no logic to where they come from yeah it's much better that way i think uh I kind of like the idea that if they were just off out in space, like, you know, doing what? Yeah. You know, like, what is the business of an angel normally? It's like, it's so slow and immortal and yeah. it's like just wandering the universe doing its own little thing. Yeah. Like, not knowing makes them even more terrifying, I guess. They are amazing. They really Definitely are. a strong point of the series. Uh, but I guess... They succeed. Yeah, I guess we just need to wrap up the episode because yeah, because that's really the end. And the very the very end is a quick call from Gendo in, yeah. into Nerve, um, and he uh, congratulates Misato and also congratulates Shinji. Yeah, amazingly, kind of out of the blue, just an audio only call. But 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 Shinji's obviously massively touched by it. Doesn't refer to him as Shinji though. Does no, he? it's the pilot of Unit One there. <laughs> is that uh, Dad? Yeah, Dad? Jesus. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good work. Yeah. And then Shinji's like, right. Thank you. Yeah. And then um, and then it cuts to the promised steak dinner. <laughs> uh, which is, in fact... Ramen. It's ramen. Yeah, they just go to a ramen bu- uh, sort of bar and uh, all take the mick out of Misato for being poor. Yes, because apparently even on a major salary... Yeah. And for saving the earth... For she the can't afford a steak dinner for four. Time. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Shinji... And the episode ends with Shinji saying he knows now why he pilots the Ava... And that is to hear praise from his dad. And and Asuka's like, really? Then you really are an idiot then. Yeah, like like that's it. That's the only reason you do it. But then you just get a close-up of Shinji's face. And, and he's smiling. Great big idiot smile on his face. He's happy. Which is kind of, yeah, it's kind of tragic in a way. Because it's like, he's undoubtedly happy. Yeah. But it's sad that something like that is what it takes to make him yes. happy. Is basically the praise of his asshole dad. Yeah. Who, he, he, I mean, Shinji deserves so much more, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and yet um, he values, yeah, a disgusting human being's praise. Hmm. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> so um, I guess we have to rate this episode then. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I, I, again, like, in terms of, like... Final thoughts. Yeah, we, I, I know we normally try to do the synopsis and then talk about our feelings about it afterwards. I, 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 know I think we've we, done a lot of that as we go, We though. meandered a hell of a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. And we've talked, you know, we've talked generally about how this episode makes us feel, and also about the show in general because we're kind of getting back into it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think this was a good one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, hmm. it was weird. Yeah, I, I feel, given that we've had such bad episodes, <laughs> and given that we've had so many episodes where it feels like they were missing the point of their own series like you know yes serious moments came across as funny and funny moments just kind of missed dropped the ball a bit the best i can say is the episode was 
Focused. I was about to say focused. Yeah. Yeah. It knew, it, like, if it if this w- was the Monster of the Week show that it was ostensibly pretending at times that it is, then this would be a normal episode. Because yeah. it isn't that. It thinks it is, and it wants to be at some times, I think. But because it isn't, it stands out as being a little bit weird. And certainly some of the decisions in it are weird. Yeah. Um, but I think that it is focused because, you know, your average sci-fi show will be you know, one part action, one part characters learning more about themselves and why they're doing what they're doing in this in this story. And it was both of those things, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. So even if that was executed a little oddly, that's Evangelion. Do-do-do-do, you know. <laughs> I just wish it could decide. I just wish the show could decide what it wants to be. It's never... I don't think it's ever going to. to. I don't think it's ever uh, going to. And I don't know. It's like... I, Again, it, it, as you said, a good episode. Um, and you know, a, a, not a great episode, but a no. good episode. It's just, I don't know. It just, it just feels like it's, it's just sticking out like a sore thumb compared to like the stuff we've seen previously. It's not bad. It, it just, I'm just like, oh, where has this been? It's almost weirder for its mediocrity in a funny sort of way. Yeah. Like it sits in a middling position between the really good episodes such as Jetalone and the really bad episodes such as that dirge at the beginning yeah. of the series Ugh. where nothing happened or confusing, tonally at odds things happened. It's not as bad as that, but it's not as good as Jetalone. So it's like, it's weird because it shouldn't be mediocre. Mm. This like everything it does, it should be good, and yet it comes across as like not really smashing it. Yeah, but I, as I say, still good. Again, it's still not good. bad. Again, not not an episode I would show. To I would someone. I would show it for the action sequence of them of them catching. Yeah. Because this always was an episode I did show to people, mm-hmm. um, uh, because uh, it was a really good show off. Of the Avers. That is, true. That is um, true. But for the rest of the episode, to sum up the show, no. Yeah. It was It was okay. Yeah. It was g- good. No, be- better than okay. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. So, I, get, I, get, I get so many conflicting feelings about the show. Like, it's really... Yeah. If anything, that's a... Uh, maybe that's why it was worth doing a podcast on this all along. You know, yeah. this has not been the black and white result that I thought it would be. It was either that we'll come back and watch it and it was way better than we were, we remembered it or that it was way worse than we remembered it. Hasn't been either of those. No. It's been a really rocky road, which has been a mix of those two things. And I think when we come to the end and we have to sum this up, it's going to be really tough. That's why I'm putting that off. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I guess um, let's turn those woolly thoughts into a purely hardcore score scientific score uh, as we do at the end of every episode we give it two scores uh score out of 10 for impact yeah. where a 10 is the best episode ever and a zero is awful yep uh and we give it a score for shinginess shinjocrity where basically we talk about how shinji shinji is yes with uh, ten being Shinji uh, kind of screaming at the gates of hell, uh, uselessly flapping around like a cabbage leaf, destroyed by his his <coughs> anxieties and, and mental issues, and again zero would be a perfectly well-adjusted boy of his age. Yeah, I don't think we've ever given him a zero. <laughs> no. Uh, how do how would you rate this for impact? I'm gonna say. I've got a number. Six. Oh, six. Really? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Just Agreed. On the, just on the right side of mediocre. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Shinginess, which is a subtle yeah. scale. It's a bit tricky. 
I would say that his his idiosyncrasies and his uh, shinginess was a part of this story. But it never rendered him incompetent. No, if anything, no. it made him very competent. Yes. Um, and although he values the praise of someone, he was happy and he wasn't pathetic. So I'm going to give him a score of 1.5. I was going to go for a uh, 2. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe a 2. Just a 2? Just want to... So he's more together... Yeah, no, he's more together than 1.5. Okay, I'll give that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll take a 2. Okay. I'll a take two? a 2, yeah. Okay, so 6 for impact, 2 for shinginess. Yeah, good. Great stuff. That's good. That was very enlightening. Yeah. I always, always learn something. I always come away. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to spin a hour-long podcast out of a 20-minute episode. It's, um... <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're creating more content than you did, Hideaki Anno. So there. Yeah, shape up. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> do anyway. a final movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we should probably, um, off mic, have a consideration about when to watch 2.22 and inject In- that. Indeed. Because there's we're... not going to be an obvious place for no, that. No, because the timelines don't pair up perfectly. No. But the reason for doing it sooner rather than later is we've got to get 3.33 in there. That is true. Which won't fit anywhere. That's going to be our season finale, basically, isn't it? Until because we haven't seen it yet. Because we haven't seen which it, which is yet. so exciting. Until they bring out four point four four. Yeah. So I guess. So I guess we need to get two point two two in soon, so we can do the rest of the series. Then. Then do three point three three. Yes. And then wait and do our final episode when four point four four comes out. Grand. I guess. Fine. So maybe yes. we do two point two two in a couple of episodes' time or something. Maybe so, just to because what the hell? Yeah. Why not? Well, okay, in which case, should we wrap it up? Let's round it off. Uh, it's very good to be back, guys. Thank you for your patience. Um, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, we've not entirely been lefting, uh, lefting, resting on our laurels. We, we have been very busy with our comics projects. Uh, Absolutely. With day-to-day life stuff like weddings. Uh, with our other podcast, a show called Hate. Yeah, which if you don't know about, is a show where John, I and our other friend, uh, Chris Ray, discuss uh, things that we hate and things that we love. Um, and uh, discuss each other's hates and loves that are brought to the table. Hopefully in comedic fashion. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully. We've been told can't, we're very funny. Can't promise anything. <laughs> uh, um, and then at the end decide whether hate or love won out that week. Hmm. But um, we do very much look forward to getting back into the swing into this. of doing these. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, will, I will do my best to... Uh, remind us. Remind, Schedule us. Because we are, we are always busy. We're never not busy. That's the thing. It's, can... it's not out of laziness, let's, can I just assure you, that we haven't done this one for a while. It is it is purely because if we're not doing this, we are doing 300 other things at once. But um, just you listening to this and if you support any of other stuff as well, we are immensely grateful for it and we will keep it up. Yeah. We will. So I guess uh, until next time, we'll have to do our traditional sign-off if yes. we can remember it. Oh. Uh, so remember, uh, however bad your life may be, you could always be Shinji Akari. <laughs>